Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you are here, that you are here, that, that you're not some distant God that, that chooses to just watch our lives from the distance. No, God, you choose to get in the trenches. You choose to get in the muck. You choose to get in our life and get dirty. And you say, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to pull you out of this. Oh, we thank you that you are here, that you're here to meet with people. You're here to show them that you love them, that you love them right in the middle of everything that they're going through, in the middle of that bitterness that they're fighting in their heart. Oh God, you're greater, and you can restore love to that bitter heart. You can restore hope to that hopeless mind. Oh God, we thank you that you are here. Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you care, Lord, that that we don't have to (laughs) we don't have to entice you but you love to just embrace your people you made it so simple you said where two or three are gathered together in your name you're here Holy Spirit have your way Father glorify your name in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I pray Lord for every heart I pray that you'll tear down walls that might stop us from receiving this word. Let us walk out of here transformed by your presence. Lord, the last thing people need is me. The last thing they need is another talk. But what they do need is you. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Father, to speak through me. Glorify your name. Lord, help me to become less so that you might become more. In your mighty name, Jesus, I pray and ask these things. Amen. You may be seated. It's an honor to be with you guys and to to um, to dive into God's word. Um, I'm making a guest appearance. No, I, I got to be honest, I, guys, uh, I'm very blessed. I, as your pastor, I'm blessed to be your pastor because you guys are an amazing church. You are. And I'm blessed to have an amazing staff that um, I've been feeling in my heart that I needed to make time to pray and just focus in on that. And like, not that I don't make time to pray. I pray a lot during the week, even when I'm preaching regularly. But I, I wanted to more or less kind of do a prayer retreat. And I've been feeling that for months now. And um, how God worked it out. Uh, it, it wasn't even planned this way, but Pastor Ben and I swapped a week. And then I got four weeks to where I was like, thank you, God. I can focus in on praying and getting direction for this coming year for what I feel what God is going to do. And, um, and I had an amazing staff that I fully trust to bring the word. Um, come on guys. Did they not do a great job those last four weeks bringing the word, man, I know 
whether I, I could, I, whether you guys, I, I was ministered to week in and week out, week in and week out, and um, starting starting with Pastor Andy and and working through. Um, Honestly, my friend Max and Keisha, and then Pastor Ben, and then last week, Pastor Nathan, every one of those hit me, and it was something I needed to hear. And so, uh, it's honor. Today, today though, we're launching into a new series, and um, the cool thing about starting a new series is it can only go up from here. And so, um, we're, we're, we're launching into a new series it's called The Five Love Languages of God. I've, I've mentioned the five love languages before. Um, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, quality time, receiving gifts. So everyone expresses love differently. For, for me, and I, I've hit on this before, but like I'm a physical touch guy. I, I think like 99.999 repeating percent of men are a physical touch but that's one of, like, so, like, if, and, and I'm a words of affirmation guy. So, Amy says, I love you, and she gives me a hug. I'm just like, oh, I, like, I just feel so loved. If my, if, my, if, my, if my son runs up and says, Daddy, I love you, and gives me a hug, I'm like, oh, son. I'm like, I just can't keep it together. I'm telling you, I used to be able, like, to, to I never cried before I had kids. I didn't. And now I have kids, and I'm watching diaper commercials just weeping. I'm like, oh, my gosh, those are the most absorbent. I mean, but uh, um, the, but th- that, that's my love language. But I, I could tell Amy I love you, and I tell her that all the time, all the time. Like, I get up out of bed, stretching, I love you. You know, I'm getting, drinking coffee between sips, I love you. You know, like, just like, I tell her that all the time, and like, She's like, show me, empty the dishes, like, like. But but if I if I take and like empty the dishes, and do something or or bring her a gift, like if I bring her a coffee and it surprises her, like she's very hard to surprise. FYI, I can't do it. Like I have to. It's like a Mission Impossible scheme for me to surprise her. Like she figures it out. Um, but if I do one of those things, she feels like, oh, honey, that. One time I brought, I brought her home uh, exercise bands because she'd been talking about them forever. And I did it for two reasons, because I wanted to quit hearing about them, and also I love my wife. Um, but <laughs> I'm, just, I'm joking. I'm joking. And I was like, I wanna, I'm going to surprise her because she had no idea. And I brought them home, and I handed them to her. And she was like, honey, that means a lot. Like She was like holding back tears. I'm like... I did it. I finally did it. Like, got her with exercise bands, but she, she like, that's how she receives love is acts of service or, or gifts. Me, I'm much simpler. Words, words are, and, and I'm cheaper. Words, affirmation, and, and physical touch. Um, and, and so with that, as we were looking at the Christmas story and figuring out what direction we wanted to go for this month, um, Emily had a really good idea, Emily Tosh. She's like, what about the love languages overlaying the Christmas story? Think about it. Words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, quality time, receiving gifts. Like, each of us, we operate in certain ones. And But Jesus, God, operates in all of them perfectly 
all the time. All the time. And so what we're going to try to do with this series is overlay these love languages and show you how God operates in them perfectly. And maybe out of that, we can operate in them better towards one another and towards God. Because some of us feel like, man, God, does God love me? And you're like a physical touch. Like, yeah, he does. He sent his son in, into the world. He, he physically touched the world with himself by, by becoming man, uh, binding himself to our existence for 33 years. He touched creation. And so today, though, we're going to look at the word of affirmation. And it's, it's almost like when I started looking at these, it's like God is pretty tied to love. But here's the thing. God isn't just tied to love. God is love. He is it's not an attribute of God. Love is not an attribute of God. Love is not a description of God. I want you to understand this. Love is God. God is love. It's, it's not a definition of God. This is who he is. So that's why God can operate in these perfectly. So when we look at love, like love would not exist if it was not for God. We, we express love imperfectly because God is love and he loves us. The Bible teaches that we love because God first loved us. So any expression of love that you have received, whether it be broken or messed up or a pretty good representation, is still a broken, messed up representation of love of who God is. This is just not an attribute. This is just not like, no, he is love, the Bible teaches. So I want to look at the Christmas story but not the traditional one. Because we all know the Matthew Christmas story and the, the, the Luke Christmas story is the one that, that you know people read. And we're going to explore those in this series. But the, you know, the Luke one, and, you know, it, it starts off talking about how Augustus made, made a census and all these things. And like, that, that's, the, that's probably the most famous one that's read re- regularly in, in, in the Gospel of Luke. Matthew gets into um, the different elements, but John actually has a Christmas story in it. And you might be wondering, where is John's Christmas story? Well, I'm glad you're wondering that, because I'm about to tell you. It's in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. So Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, and the Gospel of Luke, they have these things called genealogies. And... Matthew goes back so far, but Luke takes it back even further. Luke's genealogy goes all the way back to Adam. So he starts with Jesus, and he goes, and he works his way all the way back to the first man that God formed out of dirt. But John, he takes it back further. So if you want to look at In a sense, for lack of a better way of describing it, John's Christmas story is more of a genealogy. Establishing who Jesus is, not from the human line, but from 
the divinity. So we're going to look at it. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. That's John's Christmas story. The word. So today we're looking at the word of affirmation. Let's define affirmation real quick. Emotional support or encouragement. Some people add or empowerment. Emotional support or encouragement or empowerment. That's what affirmation is. One of the five love languages are words of affirmation. But God takes it a little bit further. So John is hitting on something, and he wraps it up in five short verses. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The word was with God in the beginning. And God created all things through the word. So let's just go back to the beginning for a second and, it's, and look at it. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 3, and I'm not going to read this whole account. I'm actually going to be skipping. I'm going to hit 3, 6, 9, 14, 20, 24, 26, 28. Now that we're all confused. Then God said. I want you to get this. Then God said. Let there be light. And there was light. Let's go. Then God said. Let there be a space between the waters. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to read all of it. I just want, I want us to get, then God said. Okay, let's go. Then God said, let there be. Then God said. Let's go. Then God said. Then God said. Are, are you seeing this? Let there be lights that appear. I mean, like, he said. Okay, let's, let's keep going. Then God said. Are you getting a trend here? Then God said. Let's keep going. Then God said. Let's keep going. I want us to, then God said. Yeah, there's a lot of other stuff, but he spoke and all this stuff happened. Let's make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the and the sky, and the livestock, and all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. He must have been talking about my children there. Then God blessed them, said. It's interesting that in all creation, he only chose to bless one part of it. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So, where is Jesus in all this? Because Christmas is about Jesus. Jesus is the Word. If you brought your Bible this morning, the Word of God, that is literally Jesus in book form. 
Jesus is the word. So I was thinking about this. Jesus makes the will of God happen. Like, wrapping my mind around how the Father interacts with the Son, interacts with the Holy Spirit, they're all God, they're one God, each individually. They're They're not partly God. No, like, the Father's God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. But collectively, they are one God. They never, ever, 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 never, ever, ever, never disagree. They're in perfect unity. And each of them have the O3. They're each omnipotent, they're each omniscient, and they're each omnipresent. Like, the Father didn't get omnipotence and, then, and the Son gets omniscience. No, like, they each have every characteristic and attribute of a God but they exist in perfect unity. So, and there's not really a hierarchy among them. And, and so as I'm thinking about how creation worked, because it said in the beginning was the word. Was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. The word, a.k.a. Jesus, he already existed in the beginning with God. He God created everything through the word, through Jesus. And nothing was created except through Jesus. The word gave life to everything that was created. Jesus gave life to everything. And his life brought light to everyone. So God created everything. The Father created everything through Jesus. So the best way I could, in in my finite description of what's happening between what John is describing and what we read in Genesis is Jesus makes the will of God, the Father, happen. The Father declares it. Jesus executes the declaration because he is the word. He's he's the action of the Father. So the Father declares it. The, The word goes forth. Jesus goes forth because Jesus is the declaration from God. And the Spirit empowers it. Because all of it is present. And this is so important for us to understand Christmas. We need to understand this. I know this is like theologically heavy. Pastor Ryan hasn't preached in four weeks and he's coming in with a theological class. you got to be joking. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's going to get the same. So let's define affirmation, emotional and encur- or encouragement or empowerment. But here's the thing. God isn't just here to build us up. Okay? God didn't send his son. To, he didn't send the word to become flesh for us to just be encouraged. Like, we could do that to one another. God's God's affirmation is so much greater than our understanding of affirmation. When God sent affirmation, he he didn't just say a word. He became. He is the word. So he stepped in. He stepped in and he sent affirmation. And let's, and, and today, I want to look at what Jesus, the word, does. Okay? That's what we're going to do. 
Because the word of affirmation from God is so much greater than what I can say. And I, and I actually want to give some words of affirmation today, if that's all right. Because get this, we have people in our congregation that I want to affirm. And they're probably going to get embarrassed to all get out. But I love them. And we, for instance, Mr. Bill, did you know that Bill shows up when no one's around and he makes sure that every piece of trash is picked up off our property? He takes a, a blower and he blows trash right off our property. And Bill, you are a servant. You are amazing. You, like, you, I, no one's had to say anything. You just have that in your heart. And I, I just want to affirm you because you are an amazing servant. Did you know that Sue and Larry, week in and week out, they show up and, every, you know, you want to know why the stuff in the back of the chairs is straight? You could thank Sue. You want to know why the bathrooms are already cl always clean? You could thank that couple. Because they show up week in and week out. No one even knows they're here. And, guys, thank you for what you do. That's amazing. You're a servant. And <laughs> I know you didn't ask for this, so you're still going to get your crown So um, in heaven. But I just want you to know that we see it and we appreciate it. And you want to know why these carpets are always clean? This couple right here, mainly Terry, but, <laughs> but they show up week in and week out, and they make sure that whenever people walk in, they walk into clean flooring. Thank you. You guys are servants. You don't even know. You don't even know how, like, you guys don't even know how many times they've done this over the years. And I want to say thank you. There are people that serve in our kids' area that show up week in and week out and speak life. Miss Priscilla is one of them. She, she's going to win over my son one day. But right now, he's like, I don't need Miss Priscilla to help me go to potty. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. There, we, have, we have over, I think, over 40 volunteers we have a volunteer party. If you're volunteering, I'm telling you, we love our volunteers, and we try to party with them. Um, we got to watch Larry, make sure he doesn't spike anything, but um, <laughs> I'm just joking. It's Sue. Um, but we got to – if, if you're not on a volunteer team, you need to jump on a team. We love our volunteers, and – we, we try to do something quarterly for our volunteers. We're having a Christmas party next Sunday night for everyone who's volunteering to sh because we love our volunteers. We love them. We're going to cater a meal for them. Um, Pastor Andy's going to sing and dance and do a whole show for I'm just joking. But we, we try to take care of our volunteers to say thank you and to affirm them. And I know that's just words, though. It's just words. I, I pray that you're encouraged. But affirmation, when it comes from us, at the end of the day, is just words. But when affirmation comes from God, 
It's different. It's different. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and, and let's, let's just read it one more time. Let's go back to John. In the beginning was the, the Word already existed, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. That's Jesus. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never distinguish it. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So I want to look at what Jesus does. The first thought, because when God speaks words of affirmation, his word, my words are still words. They're still words. But when God spoke, galaxies formed. When God spoke, mountains separated from water, the oceans, when God spoke, when God sent a word of affirmation, Jesus was born. His word of affirmation. And what did Jesus do while he was on earth? The first thing he did was the word gives life. And John is actually talking about a double meaning. Because in the beginning, in Genesis, the word gave life. He spoke life into the scurrying creatures and the sea creatures, the birds, the cattle, everything. He spoke life into that. And then, and then he formed man in the dirt. And then he breathed life into them. Okay? Adam. He breathed life into Adam. We got this. The word gives life. But then... Fast forward 4,000 years. The word became flesh. Jesus gives new life. And the spiritual life that Jesus gives is 100%, 1,000% better than the original life that he spoke in the garden. Because number one, spiritual realities are greater realities. Number two, number two, when he created everything, he, he created it with purpose to live forever, but he knew that sin would enter here. So when he said it was good, it was good. But he planned the whole time that this word that gave life, that spoke life, would become life. Jesus gave life into Adam so some 4,000 years later, he could experience life for 33 years. Because the word gives life. But I want you to wrap your mind around this. Chew on it this week. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing physically, emotionally. What God, when he spoke life, in the beginning, he spoke it with 
intention. He breathed life into Adam. So 4,000 years later, Luke establishes this from Adam to Jesus. He could experience life on this planet for 33 years. For 33 years. So if you're wondering, does God know what I'm going through? 100%. He doesn't just give life. He's experienced life. He knows what it feels like to be um, depressed. He knows what it feels like to go without. He knows what it feels like to be attacked by the enemy physically, emotionally, spiritually. He knows what it's like to lose loved ones. He knows what it's like to lose everything that you could experience. He knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to be tempted to sin. He knows. Because he spoke life so he could experience life, so he could give life. Because the word always gives life. John says in chapter 1, and the word gives life. In the beginning, he literally created life with his word. Now he speaks life through the gospel. And, and, and he lived for 33 years. For three hours of purpose on the cross. For three days in a tomb. So that we can experience new life. It's, it's literally why it's called a new birth. Like, are you born again? That's the best description you can have of the Christian walk. Because when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and it's so simple, it's, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross in my place for my sin. And I believe that he rose again to set me free from that sin. If you believe that, you're a believer. And what happens inside you, you might get this old body. You still get, you know, you don't get to exchange this yet. That's coming. You get to trade that in for a new edition. But you get new life in you. God gives life. I mean, I, I want you to get this. The most, and, and, and it's new life. You are born again. And Jesus is having a conversation. And, and John keeps dropping these beautiful bombs of truth throughout his gospel about Jesus giving life. But Jesus, in John chapter 3, he's having a conversation with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a teacher of Israel. He knows all the law. And, and Jesus is saying, unless you're born again, you can't inherit the kingdom. And, and Nicodemus is like, how can I be born again? He's like, you're, you're, you're thinking physical birth. I'm thinking spiritual birth. Jesus is talking about a spiritual birth. And how you get born again is simply believe. Believe. You recognize, number one, I'm not enough. I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And not just a savior, I need a Lord. I got to submit my life. But it's just, it starts with this. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And I believe that you rose from the grave to set me free from that sin. You believe that. The Holy Spirit comes in and he starts remodeling. He starts. Have you guys ever noticed that when you got saved, things changed in your life. Your interests changed, and you can't even you can't even describe why. When you were like, 
I'm not just talking about saying a prayer up at the altar. I'm talking like you decided to go all in with Jesus and truly make him Lord of your life. Suddenly, like something shifted. And you're like, I really don't want to, I don't want to go hang out with them anymore. You guys remember that, right? You started thinking differently. And that's the Holy Spirit bringing out that new life because the word gives life. The most quoted verse in all the Bible is John 3.16. And this is what Jesus tells Nicodemus. Meeting him in the dark. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The word gives life. Jesus gives life. And then Jesus takes it a step further in John chapter 10, verse 10, and, and, and he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life, that they may have life and have it to the full, or some translations say more abundantly. The word gives life. It always has, it always will. There is life, there is strength, there is hope in Jesus Christ. Don't give up, keep your head up. Don't give up, keep your head up. If you're going through it, don't give up, keep your head up, because there is life, there is hope, strength in Jesus Christ. You might say, why does Jesus give life? Much like we established earlier, Jesus is the word, and Jesus is love, God is love. Jesus says this in John 14. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus is life. The overflow of a relationship with Jesus is life. Some of you guys might not even remember your pre-Christ days. But I've been dealing with my niece who is so utterly lost and talking with her and loving on her. And I've been trying to help her understand that the overflow of her life is death. Without quoting the Bible, because she won't hear it. But just loving her and saying, you know, I'm going to love you no matter what. But, man, she... <laughs> essentially got into a gang fight and broke her elbow. Someone beat her. And I'm like, sis, my, my love, you understand that's the only overflow from the life you're living Be, because a life that you're living can't produce life. It only produces death. But the word, Jesus, gives life. And she was, she was saying, Uncle Ryan... I just want to be free. I don't, I don't want to be around these people. I just need a new start. I want, I, I, and I said, sis, my sweet girl, everything that you want is found in Jesus. I have too many friends. I have too many stories where Jesus has healed people, where he's delivered people. I have friends that were in gangs in Kansas City. Now they're youth pastors in Kansas City. I mean, like, God is changing generations because he can switch. But it's Jesus. It's Jesus. The word gives life. And I, I just, when I was writing this, I, I really, 
I really felt like the Lord wanted me to make a declaration over this church, whether you're here in person or going to watch online, or maybe you know someone who needs to hear this. But I, I just, I'm going to declare something in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak life over death. Some of, there are people that are wrestling, not just with, with, with physical death, like they're 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 fighting for their lives physically, but there 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 are people that are wrestling with that in their mind, thought, thoughts of death. God gives life, so I speak life over death in the name of Jesus. I speak joy over depression in the name of Jesus. I speak health over infirmity. There are people in this room that are fighting infirmity. You're fighting cancer. You're watching online. You're fighting infirmity. In the name of Jesus, I speak health over your body right now because God, Jesus gives life. I speak peace over anxiety. I declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. And I speak provision over lack. There are people that, that don't know how they're going to make it from paycheck to paycheck. God says that he is our provider. Jesus is our provider. I speak provision in the name of Jesus. He's going to bring life. He is bringing life. It, we got to shift our mind from victim to overcomer. But he's going to bring life. And, and, and that's what he does. Why? Because he is life. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. The word brings life. He brought life 6,000 years ago in the garden. He became life. The word became flesh 2,000 years ago. And now he's still giving life. Renewed life. A new life in him. And the second thing the word does. The word gives light. The word gives light. Well, it's it, kind of actually a cascade because the word gives life and that life gives light. So if you're wanting God to illuminate your situation, then you got to give him your life so he can give his life to you and then he gives light to you. It, it's this cascade. G, the, the word gives life and that life gives light. Have you guys ever had those light bulb moments? Think about this. The light bulb was such a great invention that it became the symbol for a good idea. Some of you guys will get that later. Um, it's a dad joke for sure. But you guys ever have those light bulb moments in your walk with God where you, you've been thinking like you, you couldn't figure it out. You're praying, God, I need direction. God, I need hope. I need whatever. And then suddenly it just something, it's like, it, it's almost like everything else is dark. And then it, it just, like the path is so lit. And you're like, where did that come from? When you, when you, when you give your life to the word, when you give your life to Jesus, he lights up your path. He just does. God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, and I will hide its words in my, that I might not sin against God. God's word gives light, and, 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 and it's so amazing when you think back, 
about how that light changes things. And but but John focuses on something. Like Jesus says, while Jesus says, while I'm on earth, I am the light of the world. So not only is he life, he's the word, he is light. John 1 John chapter 1 says, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. So God is light, so that's why he can give light. But not just that, he says this. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. It's one of the seven I am's of Christ. But then in Matthew chapter 5, he turns around and says, you are the light of the world. Like, what? Wait, wait, no, no, Jesus, you're the light of the world. No, it's like he put this treasure, this light in a jar of clay. And he put this in us so we can light up. Like, the, our world, how we react should be different. What did John describe? What did John describe in John chapter 1? Can you, go, can you throw that up real quick? It says, and the light gives light to everyone, and the darkness can never extinguish it. It says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one job the light does is shine in the darkness. It's shine in the darkness. Right now, our world, our, 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 our life, it, it seems really dark right now. But Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He put that identity on us and he put his light in us. Like, on my own, Ryan Tatham can't shine. I'm about as bright as the sharpest tool in your shed. Yeah, I know. I mixed it up. It's supposed to be the brightest crayon, but yeah. I'm not very bright, but Jesus, his light in me is bright. And it changes it changes how we react. It changes how we live. It changes how we operate inside this world that is dark. Some of us are reacting to the darkness. Some of us Some of us are acting like darkness is something. Darkness is literally defined by the absence of light. Darkness does not have a, a, an explanation or a definition apart from an absence of light. Darkness, its only reaction to light is to scatter. It can't stand against light. I, I, I don't know who needs to hear this, but as I was writing this this week, I, I wrote it, I bolded it, I'm going to read it because I don't want to mess it up because I believe there's someone here that needs to hear this. But if you are in Christ, he has placed in you all that you need to stand and stare into the darkness you're facing, and all it can do is move. All it can do is move. You have everything in you. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you. He has, you have everything in you. He has placed in you all that you need to stand just stand. If you're feeling overwhelmed by darkness, stand and stare into that darkness. And it will move. You might feel like you're just a flicker in the wind. 
You might feel like that little match that's barely holding on for life in a uh, windstorm. But the light in you that Christ has placed in you, if you're in Christ, Christ is in you, can never be extinguished. It can't. Darkness cannot displace light. Physically, scientifically, all the other Lees, Bruce Lee, um, I don't know. But darkness cannot displace light. You have everything in you, through Christ, in Christ, by Christ, to stand and stare into that darkness that's coming against you and say, in the name of Jesus, move. Move. Because the word gives light. And it shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. The word gives life. Why? Because Jesus is light. And darkness has but one rebuttal against it. And it's to move. The last thing I want to leave you with is the word gives blessing. Jesus was the word that created. God said, and Jesus went out and created. In all of what we read, I know we just skipped over a bunch. We get to the end. God created man. And then it says that, and he blessed them and said. God loves to bless his children. God loves to bless his children. Like every good and perfect gift come down from the Father of light. That's what James chapter 1 tells us. God loves to give gifts. God loves to bless. And out of all creation, I'm, I want you to get this. God said, let there be light. And everything to, cre- to make light came into existence. Stars formed at let there be light. Galaxies formed at let there be light. His word did all that. But when he got down to man, let us make mankind in our image. He said, I'm going to bless this. Because the word bless. How did he bless him? How did he bless him? He spoke it. He spoke the blessing over them. And, 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 and if you're wondering, like, well, God hasn't blessed me lately. <laughs> well, I, I would say, let's, let's, let's step back for a second. Because God always blesses. He always does. Like, his natural reaction to a relationship with us is blessing. Like, when he sees us, he's like, oh, I just want to bless them. I just want to reach down there and pinch their little cheeks. And, like, that's his, like, that's, he's a father, he loves to bless. And the word blesses, it says that, that God blessed him and said. And, and there are so many blessings throughout the word that you can declare over yourself. The word of God, the, the Bible, Jesus in book form. Go read them. Declare them over yourself because those blessings are still valid for you as just as much as they were for them. Because God's word is alive and active. 
It never changes. He's the same yesterday. I mean, like, so God, God spoke blessing because the word blesses. And maybe you're feeling, I don't feel blessed right now. I, 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 want, I want to tell you what I do when I feel that way. Can I? I'm going to anyways, so. Because number one, you got to recognize Satan's a liar. And he wants, he, he, be, like, he likes you to focus on all these other things, but the number one lie he gets you to believe subconsciously before he gets you to believe all the other lies is if he can get you to believe that God isn't good. That, that's it. That's like the baseline. That, that's, that's his foundation for how can God love me? How can God bless me? How can God move in my situation? How can, if, if he, can, he can just get you to believe that God isn't good. And that's a lie because God is good and he does good and he loves his people. So you got to dispel that. You got to get rid of that thinking. God is good. Establish that as your foundation. God is good. But then step back and start small. I think that what happens is with blessing, we, don't get me wrong, God likes to send big blessings. He does. But I think that if we look for the big blessings, we're going to live a life of disappointment because they're few and far between. But if you start small and you start thanking God for the small, you recognize the blessing in your breath. You woke up this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I have another day with my family. I have like... Grant you to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. That doesn't sound like a bad trade. But you woke up. Wait. No one's passed out the service. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. That's a blessing. But that means we're all still breathing. Not that people pass out regularly. I don't want you to think that. But we're all still breathing. That's a, that's a blessing. Did you know that the Jews, they believed that the very breath, because God breathed into man, when, when they breathed, it was an expression of his name. Like, his name's Yahweh. It was Yahweh. That, that, that the, the very breath was a blessing. And I mean, I mean that, th these are just simple things you can take with you. When I get, when I park up close, number one, I make a joke. I'm like, oh, if Amy's with me, I'm like, Amy, that's the favor of God. It's all over me. And she's like, shut up, Ryan. Respectfully, she says that. But when we park up close, before we get out of the car, Say thank you, Jesus, for this parking spot. I'm not joking. I'm like, you might be thinking, like, are you serious? I do. I really do. And and sometimes when we park far away from the store, I, I stop and I say, Thank you, Lord, that I have the ability to walk. I I can literally walk. And if I need to, as an absolute last resort, I can even run. That's a blessing. You start small. 
And, and what I've noticed over the course of do, doing this, because honestly, I, I, guys, I get to where I'm like, God, where are you? I'm struggling. I'm not seeing you at work. Man, my, my kids have been, you know, like, you know, you get on those fits and like, I don't want you to, I, don't, I definitely don't want you to think, well, our pastor has it all together. He probably hasn't sinned in five years. Um, no, that's not true. It was 10. I'm, I'm joking. Stop it. There are times where I just get so frustrated, especially coming out of last season. Like the holidays are different without mom. And I get frustrated. Like my mom, like she's a reason, like I love Christmas, but like my mom, like you walked into her house in the holidays, you didn't have a place to put down a coffee cup because everything was either a village, a nativity. It was like, I took and one year I took all my green and great army men because she had like 10 villages. And like I had them, I stationed my army men throughout her villages and then my gray ones. And then they met in the middle in the bay window. And it was really hard last year to be, to see the blessing. But this last year I had to start small. Man, I got a family. I got a, I got a little girl that loves her daddy. I got a little boy that, that loves his daddy and his mommy. This guy loves his mom, her mommy too. I, I, I got a beautiful wife. I, I, I just started small. The things that we so often take for granted, man, the biggest blessing God's ever given me apart from salvation is sitting on the front row. Andy, no. I'm trying. Amy. And you, you just start small. You start small and you start thinking. And then suddenly when God does something big, you're like, it's not, you don't feel entitled to it. You know what I'm saying? You're truly grateful. Because if we're looking for big things after big things, and, and, and then when something big does happen because God loves to bless, God, the word gives blessing. Sometimes we're like, it's about time, God. I've been waiting. And <laughs> that's a good way for it to just... God's like, oh, you can change your attitude. But when we start small, we start seeing the little blessings, the little tiny things that, that God does over and over. And the word blesses. The word gives blessing. He says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, and he blessed them. We're different than the rest of creation. He blessed them. And... He blessed them and spoke. The word gives blessing. Jesus loves to bless. And I, 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 don't, I don't know what you're going through. If you're feeling like, man, I don't feel like I'm blessed right now. You are. And get this, you're not just blessed. You're highly favored. The fact that you are sitting in a church today, in a church building with the church of the living God, listening to the gospel being preached out loud with no fear of government shutting us down. You're blessed. Man, just 5,000 miles from here, maybe 6,000 miles. If we did this, we'd be arrested. And when we did gather, we had to gather in living rooms and keep the noise down and pass around just sheets 
of the Word of God and just read and read just that one or two pages of the Word of God where I can't even tell you how many Bibles I have. We're blessed. And God wants to give blessing this season. You are blessed and highly favored. And I just, I just, I want you to understand this word of affirmation from God. He became flesh to give you life, to light up your life, and for you to be a light into darkness. There are people in your life that need to see the light. We are supposed to be different than the world. We can't react the same way because we got the light in us. The light shines in, you know, you know when the light shines brightest in us? It's when our life is falling apart. It's when everything seems to be going wrong. It's when you lose that loved one. That's when your light shines brightest because that's when the world sees how you react to, to, to sorrow. That was when the world sees how you react to crap. That's when the world sees how you react And that's when they're like, oh, wow, there is something different about them. There is 100% something different about them. And And that light gives life. And that life gives light. And it's just a perpetual cycle because these people react. And the light in you exposes the darkness in them. And suddenly here, pretty soon, they're saying, I want some of that. And they repent. And then suddenly that life comes into them and they're lighting up the world around them. So as we think about the love languages of God, this word of affirmation, Jesus Christ, he stepped in. He gives life. He gives light. And he wants to bless. It's not just a word like I spoke earlier. It's a physical thing that actually affects our actual lives. And how, how do we respond to this? How do we respond to the word? Well, there's a number of different ways. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you'd be like, I've, I've never believed in Jesus. Not that he's a fairy tale or anything like that, but that's all he requires of us. He didn't make it difficult. And you need to give your heart to Jesus. You need to make him Lord of your life. I'm going to be up here. That's one way to respond to the word. God's word, you can't, you can't hear the word and not respond to it. You can't. It's either going to draw you in or it's going to harden your heart. There's a response to the word of God. The same sun that melts the snow hardens the clay. And I pray that our hearts today would be ones that would allow God to 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 give life to us. Maybe there are things in your life that you thought were long dead, callings, dreams, and aspirations. Maybe it's you've given up praying for a lost loved one and God's saying, I'm going to speak life back into that. They're not too far lost. Are you joking? (laughs) I spoke life into Adam so I can experience life 4,000 years later so you can have life. Maybe, Maybe it's just a surrender and say, God, I just receive Lord, open my eyes to all the blessings because I've been kind of bitter. I've been kind of aggravated. I I haven't been looking for you in the details because God's in the details. He loves the little things. In fact, he, 
Last week, Pastor Nathan talked about how to steward the little things. And when we steward the little blessings, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this close parking spot. You're amazing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, oh, thank you for my, that hug from my son. I remember last year, my son rounded the corner. He was two and a half, and he wouldn't say daddy. He wouldn't say it. He'd say mommy all day long. I wasn't bitter. I was mad. And he rounded the corner, and he said, daddy, daddy. I was like, I just dropped everything I had in my hand. I just scooped him up. And I held him so tight. I, I actually cried because I'm a dad. And I just started thanking Jesus. I literally, I was praying about this. I'm like, God, I just want to hear my little son say my name. And I was just like, thank you, Jesus. Maybe you just need to steward the little things. As Pastor Ben just leads, we're an end in song. Pastor Andy, if you could be up here. If you need prayer you need to surrender your life to Jesus, we're up here. We want to make that introduction. But for the rest of us, let's just examine, God, use me as a light. God, bring life into the things that are, are, are trying to die in me and that you want to resurrect. Lord, let me see the blessing and, and let's respond with praise. Let's, let's stand. The Lord bless you. His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you.
your family and your children and their children. May his presence, may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you, he is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is for you, 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 yeah, amen. today. God, we thank you that all things come from you. God, that that all things that that we're going through, God, that you are with us through everything that we go through. And God, I pray right now, the words that we just sang, he is for you. He is for you. God is for you, God, and I pray that over each and every person that is here today and that is watching online, that they know that God is for them, that God has them, that he goes before them, beside them, behind them, all around them, God, that you are the blessing giver, God, that no matter what this week brings, that no matter what we go through, Lord, that you are you are the blessing giver, God. We thank you that you are here, God. We thank you that you are so, so faithful, Lord. And God, I pray that each person that walks out those doors, they will remember that you are for them, God. And that because you are for them, nothing can come against them. And Lord, I pray that they would ring, that the, that the words that were spoken today, that your word the living word of God would ring in their ears true this week and that they would grab a hold of that and that they would know that you are for them. God, we thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We thank you for, for your word that is life-giving. And Lord, I pray that you would give life this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. We'll see you Sunday, or Wednesday. Have a great week.